speaks, as he shares, that he's your instrument to bring a word directly from heaven in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Perhaps we could have uh, Heather and uh, the French guys up and Maria and Andy. There's more. We want to just release a little bit of the prophetic before we speak to today because it's a little bit about what some of the things are about. And uh, Andy? Oh, he's been taking his kids out. Come on. You've got to... Oh, all right, you go and tell them. Oh, you're supposed to be doing something, are you? In the class. Yeah, you. What, did you want to release a word over... Uh, all right, we'll come to you afterwards. We love it when a well-oiled plan comes together, don't you? <laughs> slick, that's what we are, just slick. Yeah, we just wanted to release a little bit of the prophetic uh, before we speak, because uh, when the prophetic word gets released, it says in Corinthians, doesn't it, it, it encourages us, it strengthens us, and it comforts us. It really activates our spirit. So uh, I thought that would be good. And a few have got added on as, as we've gone on. So who wants to go first? Who's feeling brave? Yeah. I try. Is more simple to be the first. <laughs> uh, um, the guy in blue with long hair. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I see you um, leading um, the music in a specific place, and this is a stadium. You have the people look like this in the. Um, I don't know the word. In stadium, a yeah, a big place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to be confident. Come on. Yeah. That could happen next month. <laughs> <laughs> Dorchester football ground. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, uh, you. <laughs> Describe, male, female. Uh, the man uh, with... Uh, Jono. Jono, yeah. Yes, yeah. the right one. Yeah. yeah. Um... I see you do some sport and um, in the um, surf with this. And uh, you have um, ability to turn very fast on the left and right in the big uh, sea with the sea is very strong. And um, for me, your ability to manage is very simple for you to turn left and turn right in the middle of... Um, Lot of um, bad weather. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Very good. So can I just? Yeah. So there was a word in that ability to manage. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so um, the lady with the black jacket. Um, no, you, you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. That one? Wait, Chrissy, is it that one? That one? No. Uh, Grey jackets. Yeah, blue, blue jackets. Blue. Yeah. Language. <laughs> 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 yeah. So, I see you walking in the mountain. And that one was a big one. And, and God saying that you are near the top. Don't stop walking. <laughs> and but you ju- you can just turn if you want and admire the view. 
and be proud of what you've done. Um. Yeah, because God is proud of you. Viva, <laughs> <laughs> um, everyone, is for you. Yeah, with uh, blue flowers. Um, I see you gardening, so I don't know if you like gardening or not. Um, and God's saying that he's happy with you. And he likes to be thing with you. And it doesn't matter if it's a small thing or big thing. And you don't have to think it's just a small thing I will do with God. But it doesn't matter. God just likes to be with you. Uh, do I have a right or one, a last one? Yeah, okay. <laughs> it was two. That <laughs> uh, one is for you as a couple. Um, um, I just sit near you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so I see you standing for God. Just standing. And God saying that it's the right thing. And you are standing, if even if it's if and if the weather is not good, but yeah, it's the right thing. I had a word for everyone in the lighthouse here. Um, I well, I'll kind of tell you what I saw in the spiritual realm this morning was um, I saw that something had activated in the healing. And um, in heaven, that a scroll had been opened and a new authority and anointing had come upon every single person in this room for healing. The scroll had been opened and had been read in heaven. So there's an increase coming. And, there's, and I saw then straight away angels being sent down here and a stirring going on in the well of healing in this room right now. And it's from this day we are going to see an increase in healing. And every person in this room, there's an increase in the anointing for healing. We're going to see amazing signs and wonders. And um, today I saw specifically new lungs coming. Have you got any breathing issues, any sort of issues with your respiratory system or lungs, I feel like today is the day for your healing and there's new lungs for you to take a hold of in the spiritual realm, pull them down, they're yours and they belong to you today. Okay. All right. So, Ellen, for you, um, I looked over you, at you during the worship, and this phrase from the Bible came to mind. And when I read it, don't panic. All right. Um, just ask for good discernment how that applies to you okay and it's from psalm 45 uh, starting at verse 10 listen O daughter consider and give ear ah before i read this i should say this to you that the lord commends you because 
through a relationship, you have had an opportunity to be introduced to the goodness of God. And though that has come through another party, first of all, God has really chosen you. And because of your openness of heart, he's delighted with you that you are choosing him too. I thought of um, the story of Ruth in the Old Testament where she um, was introduced to God through her mother-in-law and she said, you know, where you go, I will go. Your God will be my God. And um, what I think Father's trying to affirm to you is that you have made similar choices in your heart not the same but similar choices and it's not by accident he has put all of that in place because he wanted to find you and you are really important and now I'll read the verse um listen O daughter consider and give ear forget your people and your father's house now that doesn't mean abandon your parents and never think of them again but there is a letting go of something that comes through your family okay the king the king is enthralled by your beauty honor him for he is your lord and then it speaks of gifts and wealth coming towards you and people of wealth seeking your favor and I think this is what God is speaking into your life that he will not only provide for you but people of substance are going to look to you for wisdom and for favor look at the verses afterwards about how glorious uh, this woman in the Bible is because he says that you are a princess with a gown interwoven with gold, embroidered garments, she's led to the king, and that you are being brought into the palace of kings. And then I think there's a promise for the future. Your sons will take the place of your fathers, and you will make them princes throughout the land. I feel like God is saying that he'll bring ones into your life in the future maybe little ones in your life that will uh, take the place of what you didn't have earlier on in life so these promises are for you today and you know come and write down the scripture later Ellen bless you um and then the I'm sorry we were introduced but I can't remember your name the gentleman with the waistcoat Graham Graham I saw the word discernment over you Graham and that this is a gift that God has imparted to you and uh, my attention was drawn to the uh, stylish um, I don't know what you call it on your waistcoat keychain thing and I felt that God said to me that um, one of the gifts that you carry is an ability to mix the old with the new to mix the old with the new to take out the truths of the word uh, from the Old Testament, but to combine it with the revelation of the spirit and the, the new wine and to affirm you with 
that ability to mix the old and the new and to put a new twist on things, to use your imagination. I see that you're a person who uh, is not afraid to be distinctive, to be a little bit different. And God wants to affirm that in you, to to uh, be confident in that. And then um, just another third sense. Uh, I don't know, do you own your own home together? That uh, there's a blessing on your home and to use your home um, for the propagation of that thing that I've already spoken about, about the ability to mix the old and the new and to discern what's going on. So we bless your home and uh, any ideas that you may have for the use of it going forward that um, that he wants to use your home if you are willing to make that available to him. Amen. Amen. Oh, and he had one for Rainer as well, so we'll have to, when they get back in, we'll... Yeah. Good. Well, I've just got a word of knowledge for someone, and it's that they should have used sunblock when they were out on the water yesterday. <laughs> And, oh, I think that's for you, Simon. <laughs> I think it's, uh, I can only say that because my nose is red today. <laughs> it was kind of the first bright day of the year, wasn't it? And um, it was like, it took us all a bit by surprise. I should have heeded my wife's warning and took in a hat. But we're looking at... Um, faith and risk at the moment and um, we did a bit of that last Sunday evening so I get to speak two times in a row that's quite exciting um, but what I thought uh, I mean I will say that at six o'clock this morning I didn't have a clue what I was going to say when I kind of got up and um, so all of this has emerged in the last few hours but I felt like one of the things we're doing in the lighthouse at the moment as, uh, as, as we begin to grow is to start taking things a little bit more seriously and uh, we're getting a few policies in place and things like that, you know, of things that we need to have as a registered charity. So we're getting organised and Rachel Rouse is helping us out with some of that stuff and her experience from her job and we're very grateful for that. Um, but one of the things that we have to do is a risk analysis a risk analysis. And so what I thought we would do is look at one or two scriptures and because we're looking at faith and risk and almost always faith is accompanied by some associated risk. It is, otherwise it wouldn't be faith, would it? it would, there would be no risk. It was, well, you'd just do it. Um, so I thought we would look at just a few stories and I, and I will try and keep this brief because I, I realise we've um, gone on a little bit. But I want to look at three different stories uh, about faith because we are in a time, you know, like when these prophetic words are released, they are not predictions for the future, okay? It's not like fortune telling that you're going to meet a tall, dark stranger and stuff and it's going to happen. These are declarations of God's best intention for you. And what you have to do then is actually align yourself with what has been spoken over you. And you have to cooperate with it and by faith, you have to pull it into the present, okay? So, for example, we've had a word that we are going to have a ministry centre, a training and equipping centre, and it's been prophesied probably four or five times over a, 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 
a period of time. But at some stage, you, you don't just kind of wait for that to kind of one morning you wake up and there it is. It's like all the students are enrolled and engaged and coming on the school and off you go. You have to align yourself with it and you have to move towards it and you begin to put the things in place. And, and through it all, you still have to have this faith which pulls down on heaven to equip you and to bring the resources in and to bring everything in place ready for when you step into that destiny. So each of you that has received the prophetic word this morning, and they were all very encouraging, and you guys were really spot on. You know, Jono's one, he uses a surf teacher, uh, so you got that one right, and he is good at manoeuvring in choppy waters and all of that sort of stuff. Uh, Really, they were very, very, very spot on. But we take those words and say, we kind of put it down and say, yeah, that's part of God's intention for me. Uh, to be able to do those things. And we, we, we put things in place in order to step into them. Um, so, let's look at uh, Mark 5.25 to begin with. So, this is the first story. And it's a famous story that you will almost certainly have heard in the past and heard people speak about. But it's good to revisit some of these things because I, I keep forgetting that some people have not been Christians terribly long and probably haven't heard some of this stuff, you know. So uh, let's, let's go through it. Mark 5.25. And it's about the woman who had the terribly embarrassing problem of the f- flow of blood. And, uh, y- you know, that would be embarrassing at any time in history. But in that time, it was particularly uh, bad because... Uh, according to Old Testament, women had to be sort of uh, set aside and hidden out of sight uh, if they had any kind of blood flowing because they would be unclean and impure in that time. And so, so here we go. Let's, let's read the scripture. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. She suffered many things from many ph- physicians. By the way, I'm reading from the New uh, King James Version today. I normally read from the New Living Translation, but I find with a lot of these faith scriptures, to get in behind it, closer to what the actual words were, really helps me. So I have switched over. So uh, everyone who's like switched their Bible to the New Living Translation so that they can follow along with me, I've done a, done a naughty on you. So... She had spent all she had, all her money, and was no better, but rather grew worse. Now, when she heard about Jesus, she came from behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said to herself, if I can only touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Now, immediately she touched the hem of his garment. The fountain of her blood, that is just an extraordinary expression, isn't it? It just, The fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed. Man, we want some of those, don't we? You know, not some of these things like, oh, I'll test it out and I'll come back to you in a week or so and see if it's any better. No, she knew instantly that something had happened in her body at that time and that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around to the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? And the disciples said to him, you can see the multitude thronging around you and you're saying, who touched you? I mean, that's a stupid question. Everyone has touched you. But Jesus knew that someone had not only touched him, but touched him with faith. 
and had pulled something from him. And he looked around to see who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. This is an amazing story of faith. Amazing story of faith. And if we just perform our risk analysis now on the situation... Uh, What were the risks? So under the law, if she had been out and about in an unclean, impure state and had touched someone and made them unclean, she was liable to be stoned to death. That was the seriousness. That is a severe risk, okay? So risk analysis, you ask yourselves questions. So, for example, we say, oh, there's a risk of that speaker leg sticking out there. What happens if someone trips over? And then what are we doing to mitigate against it? Well, That was a very real risk to this woman. She was out and about. She had come to the end of everything that she was. She'd spent all her money, 12 years of just being ill permanently. And just, can you imagine if, if, if you were bleeding for so long, you must be exhausted because you know, there, there weren't kind of transfusions and stuff in those days. Uh, she would have had to live with it. So she could have been stoned to death. That woman had to be isolated during that period because she was unclean. Uh, you know, she'd come to, a, to the, the very, very end of her resources. That There was nowhere else for her to turn. She, she had nothing left to give. But she heard about Jesus. So she heard a rumor. Someone must have said, hey, have you heard about Jesus? He's, things are going on. People are getting healed. Uh, stories get around. And when she heard about it, it began to get a little bit of hope in her heart. And she gave herself a talking to, didn't she? Because it said, she said to herself. Now, you could translate that, she thought. But I like it. I like, she said to herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, then I will be healed. You know, and the moment she touched that hem, it says, in another version, it says, Jesus felt power go out of him or virtue go out of him that sense of power being pulled out of him by that touch of faith by that one touch of faith so for that lady the risk analysis was out of the window because she was at the end of her tether she was the the end of her resources her kind of whole life was just sort of pointing in there's, there's nowhere else to go. I can, I've only got Jesus. So uh, she touched him and was healed and the risk paid off. Okay, so we can scrap that risk analysis. So the next story, Mark seven twenty four. You know, the book of Mark is known as the book of faith. It's the, it, if you ever want to learn about faith, Mark is your book that you go to because it's got some really good stories in it that relate to that. So Mark seven twenty four. And this is the story of the Syrophoenician woman. Mark 7:24. From there Jesus arose and went to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered a house and wanted no one to know it. I know that feeling sometimes. When you just want a little bit of downtime, a little bit of quiet. Uh, but he could not be hidden. 
You know, we were reading through some stories the other day about an amazing guy, William Branham, who had the most amazing ministry. He did go a little bit kind of dodgy towards the end, so don't shoot me down. But um, during the time that he was really flowing with things, he, he had the ability to just touch people's hands and know exactly what was wrong with them and to then release healing power upon them. And pretty much every single person got healed. The trouble was... He would have a healing line of people and it would go to the door and he, every single one of them would get healed. But by the time he got to the person that was at the door, the first lot had gone and got their mates and come and lined up at the back. And the line was even longer than when he started. And he would keep going until he got to the back of line and everyone would get healed. And by the time he got to the back, they'd all gone and got their mates. And he would sometimes minister until like four o'clock in the morning till the very next day he would just he could not turn away from someone who was ill but would release healing and he got completely exhausted and um, he uh, then eventually he would sort of collapse and they'd take him home in a car he'd get home to his house and find a line of people on his lawn outside waiting at like six o'clock in the morning and he would heal them and he would bless them and touch them so when Jesus said he wanted to be alone and but he could not be hidden we know what that means and that could be what happens as healing begins to get released you know we've had this prophetic word about the healing well being released amongst us once that really kicks off and once you get some irrefutable stories going out there of stage four cancer completely healed there is going to be a flow of people and it is going to get tiring i warn you but it'll be fun so so he, he entered the house and wanted no one to know it, but he could not be hidden. For a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard about him. There's that heard about him again. It was just a kind of vague sort of connection. Someone had said, had heard about what Jesus was doing. And she came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by birth. And she kept asking him to cast the demon out of her daughter. Now, you know, what is this about? What is this about? You know, because you think someone would come to Jesus and he'd say, oh yeah, that's easy, go, it's done. But there was a waiting. There was a, there was a, she had to keep asking him. She had to keep coming to him and saying, please heal my daughter, please heal my daughter. Sometimes, and I mean one of these places right now, Jesus makes us wait just a little bit longer than we, we would like to wait. You know, I, I don't understand it. I don't, uh, I don't agree with it. I don't like it. But it does seem to be the case. Uh, but I also know that in the process of it, there is something in the keep asking, keep coming, that just makes your spirit stronger, if you let it, makes it stronger and stronger. It says all the promises of God are inherited through faith and patience or endurance coming again and coming again and coming again. And, you know, we find ourselves in one of those positions right now. So, but Jesus said to her, let the children be filled first, for it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she answered to him, yes, Lord, but even the little dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And then he said to her, for this saying, go on your way. The demon has gone out of your daughter. 
And when she came to her house, she found the demon gone out of her daughter and that she was lying on her bed completely well. You know, okay, risk analysis time. What was, what? <laughs> right, the first risk is getting completely offended. Oh my goodness, it's like, you know, she, she came in knowing she wasn't Jewish and wasn't part of the faith that Jesus was from and knowing that mainly he was ministering to the Jewish people at that time. But she came with boldness and she risked it. She risked coming in and being rejected. You know, it's like so many times when we have faith in our hearts and we think, I'd like to do this, the fear of rejection or the fear of getting it wrong or the fear of getting turned away will stop us from doing what we want to do. But this woman had a boldness and she was not going to stop because it said she kept asking him. And I think in the end, he said, oh, all right then, you know. So he, he could have just said, no, it's not your time. Off you go. So that was one risk. She could have been thrown out of the house for just being annoying, you know, because there he was trying to have a rest. He was in his downtime. He was in his sabbatical period or whatever, but he didn't. Her pride could certainly have been damaged. Those were the risks. But she threw the risk analysis out of the window and said, no, I am going for what this man can give me. And she overcame every risk and grabbed hold of what Jesus had to give. And he said, your faith, just like he said to the woman with the issue of blood, your faith has made you well. He didn't say, I've just made you well. He didn't say, I've just healed you. He said, your faith has made you well. That's story number two. Story number three, we're getting there. Matthew, we're going into Matthew now. 14.29. And it's the other famous story of Jesus walking on the water. Okay, it's a cool one for faith, isn't it? It would be a useful trick. Did his feet get wet? That's a question to ask. Matthew 14, 29. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. That first sentence just annoys me straight away. You know, he knew what was coming and he sent his disciples headlong into the trial that was about to face them because there was something to be developed in their character, something to be taught to them, something to be brought out in them. So Jesus knew what it was. He made them get into the boat and go to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now, there's a word that you won't be able to translate. It means a bit violent, okay? It was not pleasant. So, the wind was blowing up a storm. Now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost! They cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them. And he said, be of good cheer. Okay, picture the scene, if you will. (laughs) Waves lashing the boat, the wind probably ripping the sail down, them fearing for their lives. And he says, be of good cheer. 
I, I, I just always see things in terms of Monty Python films. It's like, <laughs> blessed are the cheesemakers, you know, so they will inherit. Um, but be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. So number one, he comes to them and tells them not to be afraid. And Peter, who, who's kind of always first to sort of jump in, said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And so Jesus said, yeah, come, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, okay, boisterous is another good word, another new King James word, he was afraid And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him and said, Truly, you are the Son of God. Okay, risk analysis time. Come on. Oh, my goodness. What? Life jackets? I mean, like... the. Health and safety, it is a nightmare, this one. It is like, you know, did they check the weather forecast before they set off? Did they know what was going to go on? It's just a a health and safety nightmare, this whole one. You know, for a start, they could have been scared to death. I mean, when Jesus came walking on the water, looking like a ghost, you know, having spent time with the Lord. and, And Peter, what was he thinking? Getting out of the boat and onto the water, did he know that he couldn't do that stuff? Oh my goodness, where were his training records? Was he suitably qualified? Had he been uh, prepared for that thing? So, okay, the risk analysis is chucked out of the window once again in order to see faith activated and a miracle begin to happen. And let's not forget that Pete got out of the boat and walked on the water. Okay, result. I don't, I don't care that it, like, he began to sink. When he looked at the circumstances around him, he became fearful. He activated that faith in the first place. But the thing I'm quite interested about this, he says to Jesus, tell me to come to you and I'll, and I'll come. You know, there was something of the word of Jesus that got released to him that made faith come up, made that authority begin to rise up in his, in his heart. And he thought, I can do this because Jesus has said it. If he said, come, then I can come. And he began to disregard everything else, literally just fix his eyes on Jesus and walk to him on top of the water. Now, that is not natural, okay? No amount of training, no amount of flotation in those conditions would have actually made him able to do that thing. It was completely supernatural. Complete. In fact, all three of those stories are completely supernatural. It is not about doing what you do a little bit better uh, than you were doing it before. This is about accessing something of the supernatural power of God through faith and stepping over the top of your risk assessment, okay? But Romans says, doesn't it, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith comes by 
essentially hearing the word of God. When the word of God gets released to us, like Jesus saying, Peter, come, the word of God was released to him and faith rose up in his heart and he was able to do it. That word that was released from Jesus had the power within it to accomplish what it was sent forth to do. The Bible also says, doesn't it, that every word that comes from God, every prophetic word, does not return to him void, but accomplishes everything that it was sent forth to do. So every word that has been sent forth, so some of our prophetic words today, that is the word of God being released to you, and it is for a purpose. And so we need to take them seriously and write them down and say, oh yeah, okay, let's kind of pick, let's pick the bits out of that. Let's begin to align ourselves. Let's begin to set ourselves going in the right direction. Let us begin to pray about them. Let us begin to activate the faith within us that will enable us to step into them. So, for example, we've, we've had Isabel pro- prophesied over us uh, t- 2004, so quite a long time ago that there is this healing well in the land that is going to spring up. And that when it springs up, it's, it's, a, it's a well of healing for all the nations. And when it springs up, that it's going to be like when the disciples were fishing all night and hadn't caught anything. But then at the word of Jesus, they put their net on the other side and pulled up such a catch that they couldn't land it. So that's the prophetic word that has been given to us. Now we've had some confirming prophetic words from uh, Maria about authority. And authority comes from hearing the word. So when Jesus said, do something, well, you can step into that. That word activates faith within you. And you can say, yes, I, I hear that word. And it's like a commissioning. It's like an authorization to say, go, do it. So we need to then align ourselves with that word. So if God has said there's a healing well that's going to spring up, we need to pray for the sick and we need to align ourselves with it and we need to activate that faith within us in order to pursue it. So hence releasing those prophetic words this morning to activate faith within us. Where am I? You know, Jesus, as we've said on many an occasion, only did what he saw the Father doing. He only said what he heard the Father saying. We've said it before. He lived completely prophetically. You know, it's Revelation 19, I think, says, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. You know, his whole story is the spirit of prophecy. It is, is, he lived completely prophetically. And that's where his authority came from. He did what he saw the Father doing. He kind of mirrored it out, a bit like William Branham was. He, he saw in his mind's eye something happening and he acted it out and the person was healed. And I believe Jesus operated. He, I, I think he probably could have done it all himself because he was God at the end of the day. He was human, but he was God. He was Jesus. But he chose to do it in conjunction with the Father, only saying what the Father was saying and only doing what the Father was doing. But it was that same release of the word into him that gave him that authority that made that scripture come true, which said everyone who came to him was healed. Every single person that came to him was healed. Did he heal everyone? No, he did not. But everyone who came to him, the Bible says, was healed. Faith 
is the currency of heaven. Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith it is impossible to please God. You know, you can do all the things you want to do. You, you can get your programs and your systems right and you can work hard and do everything. But without faith, it's impossible to please God. It is the only route into the place uh, where he can work through us. So we need to activate this faith. Last scripture-ish. Mark 11:22. I love this scripture and I, I always remember hearing it from a long time back from the guys like Kenneth Hagen and, uh, you know, those word of faith people who, uh, you know, were a, were a bit different culturally than us. But, man, they had something. They, they just, they really believed the word and they, 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 they allowed the word to activate faith in them. So I can hear Kenneth Hagen saying this every time I read it. It's that when I was a Baptist boy preacher and uh, all of this sort of stuff. But Mark 11:22. So Jesus answered them and said to them, "Have faith in God." I love the translation of that, which says, "Have the God kind of faith." Okay. So Jesus said to them, "Have faith in God." For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain be removed and cast into the sea and doesn't doubt in his heart but believes that those things that he says will be done he will have whatever he says therefore I say to you whatever things you ask when you pray believe that you receive them and you will have them you know uh, if you look at this scripture there is a lot more saying than praying Okay, so those of you that have a little bit of a problem with declarations and things like that, actually, there's a lot of things about saying things. And that is why we come with these prophetic words that have been spoken to us. Part of what we do is to actually declare them. A bit of declarating, as Mike does. He's a, he's a professional declarator. <laughs> he can do that stuff, you know? But... <clears throat> You know, we, that is part of what we have to do. Bill Johnson often says, mo- a lot of believers are just one declaration away from a complete breakthrough. Yeah. Don't underestimate the power of declaration. Now, does that mean we've all got to stand up and say in rope, da-da-da-da-da-da-da? No, it does not. It does not mean only that. Because actually, I'm declaring stuff now. I'm preaching it. Okay, I'm saying this is what God says. This is God's intention. And as I declare it into the heavens, the atmosphere is changing around us. That's what preaching does. We can pray it, but we speak it out loud, not just kind of in our mind's eye or ear or whatever (laughs) the euphemism for that is. Um, But we actually speak it out. And there is a power in vocalizing some of these things. So we hear it from God. Jesus said, I say what I hear the Father saying. You hear it and speak it out. That's where the authority comes from. And as you speak it out, it begins to change things around you. And so, you know, we can do declaration. Yes, we can. I think it's I I quite like it. I think it's good to stand up together and all point in the same direction and just agree on something, you know, and say, yeah, we believe this. We believe in God the Father. We believe in the Holy Spirit. And, you know, the the Anglicans were very good at that stuff, actually, and had these confessions, uh, which were actually very powerful. Uh, we, We chucked them out because we said we don't want liturgy and all of that sort of stuff. 
but actually there is something in declarating. And uh, so we can declare by prayer, by prophecy, we can prophesy things, we can preach things as we give testimonies of what's going on, we're declaring things. And just by plain speaking to one another, when we get together and we just say, God's going to do this. You know, it's exciting, isn't it? God's there's a, healing is about to break out. We are this close from breakthrough. You know, it is like as we speak to one another, we are declaring it. We're giving it voice. We're giving it sound, which begins to change the circumstances around us as we agree with heaven. So, the, where we're where we're at at the moment, I. I really do believe we are, we're close to seeing some extraordinary breakthrough. And I, I'm, whilst very stressed in my work, Leo, I am still there. <laughs> and still kind of working out how everything what is going to work out and all of that stuff. Actually, I'm just so excited at the same time. I, I just would not be in any other place than right here in these circumstances now because there is this expectation that God is going to break out amongst us, that we are going to see healing, we're going to see provision, we're going to see salvation, we're going to see deliverance, we're going to see some exciting stuff around us. And we've had to battle through that choppy water and that, that kind of make those quick turns and, and just hold a very steady course through this to get through to that place. So, I am really excited. But what I'm actually looking for, and the way my prayer life is going at the moment, is I'm looking to God for wisdom and revelation at this precise moment, okay? I'm not necessarily pleading for money or or whatever. I I mean, I, I talk to God about that stuff. That's okay. But actually what I'm looking for more than anything is that word from heaven, that declaration to get released that is, bang, it's going to just release that breakthrough because he can do this stuff. And we've got to hear it. So I'm praying for my ears to be unstopped, my eyes to be unblocked, my heart to be unblocked, you know, because sometimes you can hear things, but you don't hear them because you're just a little bit wounded somewhere and it's stopping you from moving forward. So that's the way I'm praying. I want to see that word released. And I'll just finish off by sharing. Some of you have heard this, but I had a dream a little while back uh, about the big fish. Uh, I don't know who's heard that and who hasn't, but it were, occasionally I have these spiritual dreams, right? And um, this particular dream, I was in a room, uh, kind of not unlike this, with a number of people. And strangely enough, I always remember Nathan in this dream. He was just there in two of the scenes of this dream, and he was standing next to me. and. And we're in this room and we're, we're just um, kind of milling around, you know, chewing the fat, doing stuff. And uh, suddenly as I'm watching, these words start coming down from the ceiling and start fixing on the wall like a sentence, black and white sentence. And, you know, go here and do this. Uh, do this and do this and it's kind of almost like instructions and, and secrets and keys and and I'm looking at these things and this amazing sense of well-being comes over me and I think, finally, I know exactly what to do. I don't know about you, but the prophetic really frustrates me at times because it's very enigmatic. It's like, it's very symbolic and, you know, you uh, just 
just speak plainly, for goodness sake. I'm an engineer by training. That's kind of what I am. Just give me an equation, you know, and let me know. And uh, so, and I see these words up here, and it's, it's, ju- it's clarity. That's what it is. It is just sharp focus, and I know what to do. So that's the first scene. The next scene, we're in the theatre at Litchit Minster, and Nathan is with his guitar beside me. And, um, and I turned to Nathan and said, Nathan, we need, to, we need to declare Isaiah 55 over the people. And in my dream, I have no idea what Isaiah 55 is, um, but I just say we need to declare it. Of course, when I wake up in the morning, I flick to it, and I'm reading it, and it's the famous one that says, Ho, you who are thirsty, come and drink. You who have no money, come and buy wine and milk and eat and drink. But the bit that really got to me was just three verses in the middle. Because it said in it, come to me, this is back in the New Living Translation now, come to me with your ears wide open. Listen to me and you will enjoy life. Hear me and you will eat the finest of fare. Three, three verses in a row, just like that. So come to me with your ears wide open. Listen to me and you will enjoy life. Hear me and you will eat the finest of fare. It was just focusing on receiving the word of God. Receiving that flow of revelation that comes from the throne. And then, so then I turned to Nathan and said, right Nathan, we've got to declare Isaiah 55 over the people and we move to the front of the stage in the famous flying V formation. Those are Mighty Ducks fans between us. And uh, I'm kind of standing there in the middle. of. There was a lot of people on stage. There was about 25 people on stage. It was a big band. And we stood up there. I'm literally just about to, ex- to declare the word, and the scene changes. And I'm in another place. Okay, so this is number three. A lot of my spiritual dreams come in three phases. So the third one, I'm in this temple, uh, like columns, Indiana Jones, think kind of banana vines and snakes and all of that sort of stuff. And I'm in this place, smooth flagstones on the floor, and I'm walking through. And I'm aware that someone's with me, but I can't see them. I can't see them in bodily form. And I I walk up to the edge of this big stone, and there's a huge expanse of water in front of me. And this voice beside me says, throw your line in. And I said, line? What line? Oh, I've got a line. And I've suddenly got this, like, rope or string or whatever. It's like something. And so here's the thing. No hook, no bait, no rod, no reel, no equipment that one might need. But I cast this line in, into the water, and suddenly this big, big fish grabs hold of the line. And the voice beside me says, pull the fish in. And so pulling it in, pull, 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 pull. And, and it's easy. It's really easy. No hook. I mean, like, come on, this is not real stuff, is it? But this fish almost lands itself, and, and we pull it in, and the fish is like from here to the back wall. It's kind of like 10 meters long. It is a big fish, a seriously big fish. And I'm kind of looking down at the fish, and I'm feeling sorry for it. I think, well, we better get this back in the water or it'll die. And the voice says, no, this is for your provision. You keep this. And that was the dream, okay. So, interesting dream, eh? Uh, and it's good to keep reminding ourselves about this, but what I believe is that w- this next season in God that we're coming into is a season of clear revelation. I, I think the Lord is going to open the eyes 
of many, many people. Many believers and unbelievers alike, actually, I think. There is going to be a time of eyes being opened. So those of you who are prophetic are not just going to be getting senses, but are going to be getting telephone numbers and kind of details. Those of you who have never been in the prophetic will get launched into hearing his voice. And the unbelievers, I think, will have their eyes open to say, oh my goodness, that's what they've been on about. That's what it's all about. And it will result in fish coming into the net. That is the season that we're coming into. And as that word gets released, I believe, just like Maria was praying and prophesying, that authority is going to get released within us. And we're going to say, we know, we know we can do this. It's, it's, not, it's not an option. It's not if it happens. It's like, you sickness, get off. And it will go in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's stand. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Father God, we thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you that uh, you are so kind. You are a good, good father. You're an amazing father and you do discipline us uh, because children who aren't disciplined are, are not loved. And uh, Lord, we thank you for your discipline. We thank you that you train us, that you equip us, that you prepare us for what is coming. And Lord, we just declare again, we trust you. We trust you. You are God. We are not. And we just relax into that relationship and say, thank you. Thank you for your word to us. Every single person that is looking for some kind of breakthrough at this time, we just need to give it back to him. So Lord, we, we give those things right back to you now and say, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth, in our patch, under our feet, around us, as it is in heaven. Father God, we just declare in this moment for every single person here and, and every person in our area, every person in our nation, let our eyes be opened at this time. Let the strategies of heaven be released, like that Jean Darnell vision with the lightning striking the fires across the land. Let the strategies of heaven be released to us and let our eyes and ears and hearts be open to see, hear and receive those things at this time. Lord, speak to your people. Download the keys, download the wisdom, download the clarity that we may have that sense of well-being upon us. (sighs) Yes, now, now we're really walking hand in hand, step in step. Father God, we bless you. We thank you. We thank you for this, this, this good time. And uh, just say, take us on. In Jesus' name. Amen.